Joe Crow Reservoir in Oregon. Is that the one you're looking for? No. Which the Joe Beaver? The Joe Beaver Show, 1240 Joe Radio. On it. It's a destination people have sought for generations. Are we near Oregon? And take my wagon train to the Willamette Valley in Oregon. Be sure to come prepared. I'm fascinated. I'm fascinated too. Right on the arm. And with the proper gear. Shall we select our masks? And even in this exacting age. Everything you say comes back to bite you. Come ready to contribute, even if your own son has his doubts. Dad and his mysterious phone calls. <laughs> Remembering what a call to Joe can do. Those phone calls put you through college. As you draw closer, note the surrounding characters. Is closed for the COVID. And know this, John and Mike will celebrate when you get here. Arrived at the Joe Beaver Show, 1240 Joe Radio. Well, I'll tell you what, John, the, the age, I know David Hume and others tried to say the age of miracles is over, or they never really happened, or they've been proven not to be impossible, and Hume was one of the first great skeptics of it. And, you know, for all I, I don't know, maybe Hume was right, I don't think so, but... Anyway, I would say, based on what's happened here in the last hour, the age of miracles not over because we <laughs> we have been able to fill. When was it ever declared? Well, that it was? David Hume, a guy named Hume, said that's ah, over. They're over. They never happen anyway. And if you think they're ever going to happen again, they won't. Uh, oh, what very a skeptical man nice named David man. Hume. Yeah, He's miracles every he, day. He took. I know. I agree. But <laughs> anyway, with due respect to David Hume, and I, I, I certainly as a thinker and a writer and all of that. He, Penn State coming back and becoming a legitimate program again. <laughs> I mean, that's one example. <laughs> yeah. What other? Do you believe in miracles? <laughs> yes, said Al Michaels. And now I, I yeah. believe in it. And so I'm with Michaels. I mean, if Al Michaels can ask the question and answer it affirmatively, we can too. 41 years. Wow. <laughs> The, the the last hour and a half, and it's not as though we have to have guests to fill time. We prefer them, yes. and we have another busy show with respect to that coming up today. But it got busier in the last few minutes as I was just sitting down here to begin the Joe Beaver venture for today. Mike Carmen. Uh, the Louisville, uh, not Louisville, the Lafayette Courier and Journal beat writer for Purdue joins us here in about 20 minutes. And, and it, I have been asking for people uh, all week long, different, you know, the Pete Quinn, the Jim Wilson of their radio broadcasts. Uh, we've been trying to get different people on. And T.J. Matthewson, to his credit, I've got him hustling after. Did I got, he, he's, he sent me his phone number. Carmen's. Mike Carmen's number. Why? That's good. Because Mike Carmen's our guest at 1125 to talk about the current Purdue football team in this matchup from the standpoint of, of the Purdue perspective, in a sense. And then a little bit later, next hour, it's a, we got a, a busy second hour coming up. At 12.15, the story that we kind of touched on yesterday and ran into, certainly inadvertently, Craig Davis, a former linebacker at Purdue, 88-91 to 91 for the late Fred Akers and for Jim Coletto. His story is interesting to me on a number of levels. He's a, a, 
a young man, only 50, a young, and we have open phones now if you'd care to join us, 497, somebody's calling already, 497-5356 on the Downward Dog phone line, 497-5356, the University Honda text line, which I'm still not, a new phone, <laughs> a new phone, contacts, all of that, so my, my ability to connect with the University Honda text line, gone, not all contacts and all those apps and all those things, they haven't been transferred over. That I put in my contacts to search for certain names, and they ain't there because they didn't make it in the contacts transfer portal or whatever that is. There's transfer portals everywhere, including contacts for transfer portals from one phone to the next, and I do not have all of my contacts. So I'm failing to get through to uh, the University Honda text line, which I think you have, and we hope that you'll make a contribution there, 4975356, and get to some of the texts that uh, we have failed to get to. But the Craig Davis story is interesting to me on a number of levels, and we've turned it into now, and you'll this is a little difficult to do, but we've done it before and we'll do it again today. It's going to turn into a three-way call with Craig Davis, the proprietor of Mount Hood Pizza Company and Rensel Lair Indiana, formerly of Rhododendron, and 47th and East Burnside in Portland. Craig coached with Jimmy Kirkpatrick, who played against Priest and the Beavers in the 1967 game for Purdue. So he's going to be part of the conversation. We're going to kind of make it a three-way to touch on Craig's experience in the Pacific Northwest in Portland, founding the Mount Hood Pizza Company, flying over. Talk about an impactful day in his life, September 15, 1989. They played the Huskies the next day at Husky Stadium. And while flying over on a beautiful, clear day, here's this young Craig Davis looking out the window like it was a revelation. He knew the age of miracles wasn't over as he flew over the Pacific Northwest and beheld yeah. the glory of the green and the beauty of, of the Pacific Northwest. And his life changed flying over and into Seattle to play a game in the Pacific Northwest. So he will share his story with us as well as Purdue football from that Fred Akers, Jim Coletto area. And at the same time on the same call will be Jimmy Kirkpatrick, who played for uh, the Boilermakers against Priest and Billy Maine and the Giant Killers in that 67 game. Now, how'd you get that one? Craig Davis offered it up. He said, oh, I, wow. hey, if you're interested, if we can do this. So Craig's producing the show for us. <laughs> and he says, Jimmy's all in. So then after that, Sean Scheffler, who did yeoman's work for us yesterday, uh, will again... Find us a football player, a mystery guest who will enter and sign in uh, during the kind of 1240, 1245-ish range to help wrap up the show. We'll get somebody from the defense, a player for the defense. We think it's either going to be Avery Roberts or Jaden Grant, depending on availability. So that's the plan for the show today. And just to have landed a current perspective with Davis and Kirkpatrick, we will touch on a lot of other things, but with Mike Carmen. Uh, he will have the up-to-date news about Purdue football and their preparations for this game. And I'm, I'm fascinated by this, the parallel storylines of the history of these programs and the magnitude of this game for both programs. It's big. It's being played up big in West Lafayette and in the state of Indiana, and certainly we understand its import here. So along the way, if you have comments uh, that you'd like to share with us, 
the phone line and the text line available, 541-497-5356. Now, Paul called, and he often does. I, I appreciate this about Paul. Paul, at times, won't even be in listening range. He won't even be listening to the show. And he'll pick up the phone and call the Downward Dog phone line and say, oh, what are you guys talking about today? <laughs> now, hasn't that, so, But today, I think he must have something that he wants to express it's a purposeful call, not just, hey, uh, what are you guys talking about? And, but he's done that because he is a contributor to the show on a frequent basis, and we appreciate that. He helped me through many things with the Corvallis Nights this summer, looking things up. While I would mention something on the air, he'd be listening in on his uh, Ray Walston, my favorite Martian-type radio with antenna going up <laughs> on either side. And Mr. I would, Hand yeah. in Fast Times at Ridgemont High. <laughs> exactly. Ray Walston. His magnum opus, though, my favorite Martian, or his work in The Sting. But anyway, Walston had the, and this is when I think of Paul, I see the, the Ray Walston-type antenna, and Paul would always turn to me and give me the answer to a question that I had posed on the air, like how to pronounce this, where in this part of California is this town I've never heard of before. So let's go to Paul in the meantime on the Joe Beaver Show. Paul, welcome to the program. I, I think I may have just dropped him. Okay, Paul, I are think... you there? Okay, that may be him calling back. Let's try and see. As we continue on the Joe Beaver Show, Mike Parker with John Warren. Is it is it Paul come, coming back? Okay, after all of that, Paul, I'm glad you're there. Well, I did it to you, Paul. Sorry about that. Welcome to the Joe Beaver Show, Paul. Ryan, just to change the subject a little bit, Mike, uh, did you catch the Mariner game last night? Yeah, we're not talking Mariner baseball. It's football. No, I'm joking. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, I did not, but I've heard about it. Abraham Toro hit a grand slam, and he hit it off of Kendall Graveman, didn't yes. he? Oh, my God. It was so great. It was so perfect. It was unbelievable. And and, and let's face it, if you, if you look at the trade, uh, what, three or four weeks past the trade. Mm-hmm. Who, is, who has benefited more from the trade? I don't know. This, well, this Toro has, you know, he was behind Altuve and Correa, right? Mm-hmm. So he never got to play, what, once a week, twice a week mm-hmm. maybe? And he has been on base like 29 out of 30 games, right? And he's batting over 300 with the Mariners. And then last night, it was it was such a great at bat. The first two fastballs at ninety seven ninety eight, he swings badly and misses. Then he shortens his swing up, fouls off two fastballs, fouls off a curveball next to the dirt, and then the next pitch fastball misses, and then the next one is one he's seen three times in the at bat already, and he hits the grand slam home run. Mm-hmm. I mean, to me, that's a grand slam for Jerry Depoto. Yeah, no, that's, that's good. And it's really astute work on his part, as you said, to find a guy that was undervalued perhaps or just buried on a bench somewhere to bring him in and, and you know, have him become such an integral part of what the Mariners are doing. So, yeah, good, good for him, Paul. I'm glad. And thanks for that yeah. report. But, no, I did not see it. Well, anyway, and when they interviewed Jerry Topoto, he'd been watching this guy for a couple of years, so he knew exactly who he was. Switch hitter, which is very, very good in a lineup, being the Mariners only had one before he got there. Uh, Cal Raleigh was the only switch hitter on the team before Toro got there. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, that's cool. Switch hitters have great value. That's good, Paul. I appreciate that. I, I, I did know that Toro hit a grand slam and that the Mariners had won. Your question was, did I watch it? And the answer is no. But that was a big moment for them as they're just kind of hanging by a thread in contention, but still in contention for a wild card spot. And that was a big win in that direction. Yeah, and when they interviewed Service after the game, he said, you know, in the in the top of the eighth, he looked at his lineup card and he thought, hmm, you know, we get a couple of guys on, Toro's going to get to face Graveman, right? He said, maybe we'll have one or two on base when he comes up. <laughs> they wound up with the bases loaded. So Service was looking at that the whole way when, when Graveman was up to come in for the eighth inning. That's really cool, and I heard another stat or read something somewhere. The Mariners have more go-ahead grand slams in a, in a season this year than for the first time in like 10 or 11 years in Major League Baseball. So they're getting some, some big knocks at the right time, and that, that's cool. It's keeping them in contention. Paul, good to talk to you. Anything else? Yeah, and the, the other stat that they brought up was that this was the first time in the baseball history that a player had hit a grand slam off the player he was traded for. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah, that's an interesting that's an interesting stat that only in the modern era could that be discovered. That's a lot of research on yeah. that one. Appreciate the call, Paul. Thank you. We will uh, be That's taking a break huge. here in a moment. That that was a big moment. I didn't see it or hear it, but I, I had the highlight of it. But they didn't. The source we I'm as a Mariner affiliate, we get access to all of the Mariners' stuff. Only they didn't send Scott Service postgame audio to this morning. I wanted hmm. desperately to have that. As we go to break, Doc, th- this makes more sense now in the overall scheme of things. You know how yesterday when I ran ran into my Dear old friends, Phil and Bob, and Phil was the friend, the the connection to Craig Davis. Mm-hmm. That's how I heard it. He said, I got a friend, Craig Davis, he, he, he played football at Purdue. Davis with two S. I thought, and Davis with two S's. Yeah. He is just now, Phil has corrected me, and this makes more sense now. Yeah. He's listening on KEJOAM.com and says it's Davison, not Davis. D A V I S S O N. So that whole puzzlement over two S's is less so now. I've seen Davison before with two S's in Davison, but I heard Craig Davis and never came off of it. Yeah. I heard Craig Davis when he said, I got a friend, Craig Davis. Da- Davis with two uh, He must have been saying that whole Davison with two S's. And I heard only Davis. I'm, oh, I'm glad he was listening and corrected it yes. before we before we bring him on. Bring him because, on. And, but it makes sense. I was going to one more time search him out because earlier today in trying to be diligent and researching, looked up Craig Davis with two S's, Purdue football, and nothing really came up. <laughs> so I began to have one of those scary, shaky moments when – Coach, a couple of coaches of mine growing up. Yeah, I played in the big leagues. Uh, oh, uh, uh, you know. Well, I'm going to look. Uh, well, okay. Yeah, I, because I'd never heard of this guy. So I go home, look him up in the baseball encyclopedia, not Wikipedia, Google. Back in in those days, in the 70s. So I had a coach tell me I played with the Pittsburgh Pirate. Now, there is a book called the Baseball Encyclopedia. Yeah. That has anybody that's ever appeared in a Major League Baseball game in it. And I searched it Even far and wide. Moonlight One Graham. at bat, Moonlight Graham. Yeah, if you were in a game and your name was in a lineup, you're in the book. Now, this is... Uh, this is in... Okay. Yes. <laughs> okay. 
Were you the little kid who went and said, I don't see you anywhere well, in the book? Well, you know what? I never did. I didn't bring it up to – I was older enough. As a little kid, I might have. Yeah, and, in yeah, fact, yeah. I did with my own little league Kid. coach, Jack Widner. Yeah, I used to pitch for the Yankees. And I remember looking up Widner, and there was somebody that played named Widner. And I thought, well, maybe that's who he's – but that's he's too old. you know. I'm, so I'm looking up <laughs> – the the guy and I'm not even going to name his name because it, I found it embarrassing for yeah, him. Yeah, I'm glad you recognize that. But he didn't appear in the big leagues. No, <laughs> but maybe his name was spelled differently. And so, you know, in Davis, I I, I was going to get Craig on. Hey, Craig, you never played for Purdue. <laughs> I can't find you anywhere. There's Mr. no Davis, Davis anywhere, <laughs> especially right. with two S's. So, so before Craig comes on next hour. I will have looked him up and probably found him in a Purdue database of yeah. some sort. But he did not show up under D-A-V-I-S-S. <laughs> now, yesterday, we're spending much of the time. Have you ever heard of a Davis with two S's? Now it makes all the sense in the world. We did a whole bit on that. Yeah, it was good entertainment, but now it's O-N. Craig Davison, former Purdue linebacker <laughs> and former Purdue Boilermaker from 1967, played against the Giant Killer Beavers. Jimmy Kirkpatrick will be part of that conversation next hour. But up next, from the Lafayette Courier and Journal, the beat reporter for Purdue Boilermaker football, from the Boilers' perspective on this game, heading into Saturday night in West Lafayette, Mike Carmen, kind enough to join us at short, uh, very short notice. He's up next. Thanks for joining us today on 1240 Joe Radio. Middleton Heating has served the Mid-Valley for over 72 years and is still here to help you 24 hours a day. Middleton can repair, replace, or maintain all types of heating and cooling equipment. AC causing you trouble? Need repairs or replacement? Give Middleton Heating a call. For new equipment, Middleton offers several financing options and participates in state, federal, and manufacturer incentive programs. And don't forget Middleton's custom sheet metal shop is still taking orders, large or small. You can count on Middleton for all your heating, cooling, and sheet metal needs. Online at middletonheating.net. Luxury Vinyl Plank Flooring is really popular right now, and Corvallis Floor Covering carries several different brands. LVP Flooring is waterproof, durable, very affordable, and mimics the look and texture of real wood. Window coverings are an easy way to update a room, and Corvallis Floor Covering has new fashion looks by Hunter Douglas and Norman Window Fashions. Stop by and browse through their large showroom. They're at the corner of 2nd and Van Buren downtown, or log on to CorvallisFloorCovering.com. Shop local, shop Corvallis Floor Covering, and go Beavs! Hi, this is Dave from Tom Water. WSU Press, yep, that's the Cougs, has just published my latest book, Lewis and Clark Reframed. In Lewis and Clark Reframed, we will examine how the famous American expedition was influenced by the British explorers, James Cook, George Vancouver, and Alexander Mackenzie, all of whom preceded Lewis and Clark to the Pacific Northwest. Order Lewis and Clark Reframed from WSU Press, Amazon.com, or your favorite bookstore. Master the mealtime rush with a refrigerator that helps you cut down on clutter. The Whirlpool four-door refrigerator keeps groceries in sight and easy to find. From easy-reach shelves to a flexible ice bin, see how the four sleek compartments help keep ingredients organized so that you can get dinner on the table. Visit Kellenberger Appliance to learn more. Kellenberger Appliance, 21 Main Street, Lebanon, serving all our appliance needs since 1918. Visit Kellenberger Appliance today. 
Cascade Barbecue is serving up the best and freshest smoked meats in the Corvallis and surrounding Willamette Valley area. Featuring its signature soak and smoke style barbecue with our applewood smoked tri-tip, hanging and banging ribs, pulled pork and wood fire smoked chicken. Cascade is open Tuesday through Sunday, 11 a.m. for dine-in and takeout and can also accommodate all your tailgating and catering needs. Cascade features a large outside seating area and be sure to check out their website, CascadeBBQ.org, for upcoming events such as live music and weekly trivia. Cascade Barbecue on Kings Boulevard in Corvallis. Kraken Cards in downtown Corvallis carries sports cards, Pokemon cards, MTG cards, board games, collectibles, card sleeves, playmats, and more. Have you been to Kraken Cards yet? If you're into sports cards and games, Kraken Cards is for you. Kraken Cards' knowledgeable staff can help you find what you're looking for and at fair market value. And for you Oregon State fans, Kraken Cards has a dedicated Oregon State alumni box to browse. Kraken Cards, 114 Southwest 3rd, downtown Corvallis. Kraken Cards, your connection to everything fun. From the Journal and Courier in Lafayette, Indiana, <laughs> genuine thanks on a, for a lot of reasons, but Mike Carmen, who has been covering Purdue football regularly since 2009 and essentially covering Purdue and I'm sure sports throughout the state for the, nearly a quarter of a century, has stepped into a void here at the last minute and joined us. We had, I talked to Bill Benner, and Bill, when I said, I asked Bill, who I met when the Beavers were back in the NCAA men's basketball tournament making the run to the Elite Eight, Bill Benner and I got to visiting and talking. He's been on the show yeah, yeah. after I got back from Indy. But when I reached out to Bill, who would you recommend? This is the first name that he really? recommended for Purdue football. Okay. So it is a pleasure to welcome Mike Carmen to our Joe Beaver show here in the Mid Valley in Oregon. Mike, uh, good afternoon to you. How are you? I'm great. I didn't know I owed Bill Bennett a big a big thank you for for keeping my name somewhere in his mind after all these years. How do you know Bill? Uh, he seems to respect you. Did you guys ever work together? Just cross paths a lot at some at various events. Well, I, I don't know how much you know about Bill's professional history, but he he was a columnist at the Indianapolis Star for many years. Uh, so therefore, uh, we would mingle in the press box uh, at, at different events when he came up to cover Purdue or if there was something in Indianapolis. And just throughout time, we've we've kept a, a good relationship. Uh, he does some PR work for, for different organizations that, uh, that, that I'll run into, whether it be the Big Ten Championship game in Indianapolis, uh, uh, another event, the Big Ten uh, kickoff luncheon that was in Indianapolis this year. So I, I see Bill probably – two or three times a year at different functions, and we always have a pleasant conversation. And uh, it's uh, humbling to know that uh, he still uh, he uh, still thinks about me occasionally. Yeah, well, thinks very well <laughs> of you, clearly. When I asked who's the who's the best person you would recommend, he, used, he shot back your name immediately. So thank you, Mike, for making yourself available to us for what's shaping up to be. I know it's not getting as much attention as other games on the national scale heading into officially week one of college football, but, Mike, this sure seems to be taking on a pretty big feel for both the programs playing in terms of the import of it for Coach Brom, for Jonathan Smith here. What are your thoughts, just big picture, as we head into the actual game Saturday night? No, I mean, you're absolutely correct. I mean, I think for both of these fan bases, it's a huge game, and I don't think they – I don't think they really care who on outside uh, thinks about their game because this is a huge game for both teams. 
you know, one of these teams is going to start 1-0 and feel good about their chances of getting to a bowl. The other one's going to start 0-1, and they've got a steep uphill climb uh, to get to bowl eligibility. And that, that magnifies, to me, this game uh, because it is a Power 5 game. It's, you know, it's against another uh, light conference. And, you know, I, I look at Purdue and Oregon State. The programs are kind of, you know, they're not at the top. They're not at the bottom. They're, you know, they float between the middle and the, and the lower part. You know, some years and other years they, they move up uh, beyond the middle. Uh, I, I think they're two similar programs fighting to, to, to make some noise in, in their conference. And with Purdue, they're trying to, to get closer to competing and contending for uh, the West Division title in the Big Ten every season. Mike Carmen uh, joining us from the Lafayette uh, Journal and Courier, uh, beat writer. Mike, you mentioned, you've used the phrase, make a lot of noise. I'd like to get something. I've never been to. I'd never been to the state of Indiana until the basketball tournament this past spring. So I'm grateful to be making a return trip in the fall to see the Beavs in Purdue uh, this Saturday. But Ross Aid Stadium. Uh, we had uh, a guy on. We're going to have Jimmy Kirkpatrick on next hour, uh, and Craig Davison, who both uh, were are boilermakers from different time periods. But. Billy Maine, a former Oregon State player, said that Ross A. playing there in 67 and the only other meeting, it was as loud and raucous and just a loud, constant noise and an atmosphere. Is it still considered a pretty tough, intimidating venue? What are you expecting from that perspective? In spite of the fair to middling success over the generations, are Purdue Boilermaker fans pretty well engaged? Do you expect a big crowd Saturday night? I do expect a big crowd Saturday night. Uh, the thing that kind of factors into the 1967 game is that Purdue was ranked number two, as you know, mm-hmm. in the country. And they were, they were in a period of time of, of being ranked high, and they had a lot of ta- talent on those teams. And, uh, and Purdue football was, uh, and I believe they would have been coming off the, uh, the Rose Bowl appearance. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there was a lot of momentum for Purdue football back, back then. And, you know, and as you know, not a lot of other things to do back in 1967 <laughs> other than on Saturday afternoon you went to the Purdue game that usually started at 1 o'clock uh, in the afternoon. But I expect a, a festive atmosphere Saturday for a lot of reasons. Number one, first time for fans since 2019. It's just, you know, it's a season opener. It's under the lights. Um, the student section, I think, is sold out. So they'll have ten to 12,000 students there. Uh, they are expecting close to a sellout, and it can be it can be an intimidating place when you get it going, and and if Purdue can get some big plays on either side of the ball, I think you saw a couple you know three years ago in 2018 when the Ohio State came in here and Purdue won by 29 points and the momentum that that Purdue had, but also the momentum that the crowd gave them, you know, obviously helped them, uh, you know, beat the Buckeyes that night and. Yeah, so, yeah, I, I think it'll be a loud, loud environment, and, uh, um, and it should be, uh, should be pretty raucous. Mike Carmen joining us here on the Joe Beaver Show, the uh, Lafayette Journal and Courier. What's the, the, I mean, you probably, I don't know how you can read it, but the level of excitement, if you will. We had one story from Billy Main yesterday where some of the players, he and some linemen, again, this was way back in 67, they go to... Uh, they go to the Memorial Union just to check out the campus, and D. Andros back then required them to have, 
jackets on and look look sharp and, and all of that. And they come upon some co-eds, and he says that the one gal, you know, they're, well, what do you think? You I guess you guys have a game tomorrow. They were kind of getting to see, see if she knew about the game. She goes, oh, yeah, very excited, but we're really upset because we're only playing Oregon State, and they're nobody. <laughs> What's the purveying attitude <laughs> about, in the, Oregon about Oregon State for this week? I don't, I don't, I don't think that uh, any Purdue fan can afford to say that. Uh, you know, nowadays, uh, uh, you know, back then, uh, I think that was Purdue's homecoming, homecoming game back mm-hmm. then, mm-hmm. Uh, back in 1967. And, you know, and Oregon State just wasn't a team in, in those days that sure. you would have pictured to be on Purdue's schedule. I have no idea how that game, I guess the fascinating <laughs> story is, how did that game even get scheduled yeah. in the first place? Because there was no return trip mm-hmm. for Purdue uh, to, to Oregon State. Uh, but anyway, uh, I, I don't think Purdue fans are, uh, are taking anybody lightly or the Purdue players. I mean, this is a big year for Jeff Brom. It's year five. Uh, I think most people thought uh, the program would be farther along. Uh, they're coming off back-to-back losing seasons. Uh, there's a lot of anticipation for the game. There's a lot of excitement for the game. But they also understand where they're at, what they need to do, uh, what's ahead of them this year. And uh, they, they cannot afford to, to overlook uh, anybody or anything uh, this season. Mike Carmen, our guest, uh, covers Purdue football for the Courier and Journal in uh, Lafayette, Indiana. Mike, the or Journal and Courier, pardon me, the the win over Ohio State that you allude to, there must have been a sense of euphoria that you got the right guy and the right hire and Brom throwing and airing it out. You beat the Buckeyes by 29. That was a kind of a high water mark, I would assume. What have you seen gone on to get to that kind of moment and then the trajectory since? Well, that is the high water mark of the Brom era. I mean, since that game, they're 8 and 16. Uh, so they've lost two out of every three games. Some of those by double digits. They were they were massacred in the uh, in the bowl game against Auburn later that season. Uh, they just have not kept the momentum or kept the traction that they had uh, that that allowed them to win that game. You know, in 2019 they had inju- you know they had just a boatload of injuries to key personnel. Rondell Moore, their quarterback, or Rondell Moore, their receiver, who's now with Arizona, and then their quarterback got hurt on the same play uh, against Minnesota in late September of 2019. They just kind of changed their season a little bit, and things things have spiraled out of control. And then you have the you know the COVID year last year, where things are bumpy and uneven. Uh, you know, your head coach has COVID; he has to miss a game. Um, so there there are some factors involved in it, but you know this is a this is a bottom line business. You got to win. You got to show progress, and they need to get back to where they were when Jeff first came here in 2017. They were. They were exciting to watch. They were fun to watch. You know, he was creative with his play calling. And that doesn't mean trick plays all the time. It's just uh, he's got a certain nuance about him, how he calls the plays and what. And um, and there, there's some, uh, you know, hidden magic in there a little bit. He just needs to get back to, to who he is as a coach, who he is as a person and his personality. And that's being aggressive, being tough. And that needs to filter down to his team. Mike, as we prepare for this game, there, there's a lot of similarities between the two programs in certain situations, schedules shaping up and all of that, one of which was a quarterback battle. For you on your side, was it a close battle uh, with, uh, with Jake Plummer uh, or Jack Plummer? Was, was that close were you, or were you surprised when he was named the starter or was he already ahead a and it was a formality? 
No, it wasn't formality. It was not a formality. Uh, it, w- it was a close competition between him and Aiden O'Connell. Uh, O'Connell won the job last year, basically in the same situation. Uh, and, and Aiden is a—he walked on the program a few years ago and uh, came in and filled in when when Jack Plummer went down with an injury uh, and led Purdue to a couple victories. But it was a close battle, and both have their strengths. Uh, but I felt it was time for for Jack Plummer to win the job. He, he's been in the program four years. Uh, he was Brom's first quarterback recruit when he when he got here. Um, he's made enough progress. He gives them mobility that O'Connell doesn't. Um, and, and, you know, he, he just has some other intangibles there. I thought before he got hurt a few years ago, he was playing very well. Uh, then that stopped. And then last year he just had three games uh, as, a, as a sample size. But uh wasn't surprised he was named starter. But also don't be surprised if you see another quarterback out there Saturday or at some point this season because – I just I feel like this is going to be a year where they're going to need a couple quarterbacks to get them through some different situations. I know Oregon State does that does that occasionally, and Purdue has a guy, Austin Burton, who's a transfer from UCLA, uh, came before last year. Ironically, his only start of his career is against <laughs> Oregon State right. uh, a, a couple a couple years ago. So, but yeah, Jack won the job, and I think he's more than capable of of. of uh, of running, running the offense, but you know he needs some help. They're going to have to improve their running game uh, from the last couple of years, and then obviously their receivers, you know, need to make some plays down the field. You have one of the best receivers in the country by all accounts, and his numbers are ridiculous in terms of his productivity. In David Bell, what can you tell us about David, Mike? Just very smooth. I mean, just very smooth. He's been he's been compared. Uh, I, I know this is a big comparison, but he's. He just—he's been compared to Jerry Rice, mm-hmm. and just kind of how he moves, and just how he—he he runs his routes, and how he—the uh, attention to detail that he has, and, and just his ability to make the uncanny catch. Uh, you know, the back shoulders, the the fades, uh, you know, the the quick slants, uh, and he—and he has—he's he's great. He's got great athleticism, um, but his hands and just how he goes about things, very. Um, Effortless at, at times, you know. You, you would look at him and think, "Well, he's, he's not running very hard," but he is. Uh, so he just kind of floats and, and and glides and does all those things great athletes do. Uh, but he's he's a tremendous talent, uh, and you know he's a guy that will play at the next level. But yeah, he's their number one guy. Uh, they're going to lean on him a lot, but they they do need some other guys to step up and kind of take the pressure off him a little bit. You mentioned the running game. Our own radio analyst suggested that for all the talk about perhaps you know having a will or a commitment to run the ball more effectively and better, it's still in the end. Brom's going. He wants to throw and will throw, and that's still his strength. Do you expect the running game to be improved? And if so, why? Well, I expect the running game to be improved, but let's you know let's be clear about this. Purdue's never going to lead the Big Ten in rushing yardage. They can't be last, which is where they've been the last couple of years. And to me, what I what I think should be focused on this year for Purdue is how do they manage short yardage situations, third and one, third and two, fourth and one. How do they how do they keep the ball, especially in the second half? If you're trying to protect the lead, you're trying to keep your defense off the field. You're trying to to get that one or two plays uh, that that seals the game for you. And that's where they've struggled the last two or three years is they've, they've come up short in those situations where you got a punt and then you're giving the ball back to the, 
mm-hmm. to the other team with four minutes to go, and, and then they've gotten beat. Uh, so th- that's kind of what I'm looking at with their running game. You know, what is their production in those in those key situations? Yeah, you'd like to have 200 yards a game to take some pressure off your passing game, but I just don't see Purdue uh, equipped to do that right now. And I don't. They're not really built. Uh, as I like to say, they don't have the infrastructure to be that kind of team because they don't have the, the big talented offensive line. Uh, and they don't have the, the one running back that when he gets to the third level runs away from you. So they, they lack some, some athletic ability in some spots, but they've got to be able to, to convert those key situations this year. Uh, I think if they're going to reach, reach the six win mark, which it would make them eligible for a bowl. Mike Carmen, who covers Purdue Boilermaker football for the Lafayette Journal and Courier, our guest here on the Joe Beaver Show. On the other side of the ball, Mike, I, I read, I think, in Mitt Sherman's preview weeks ago in The Athletic, something to the effect of Jeff Brom, who is clearly an offensive guy, has made a commitment to spend more time on the other side of the ball. Is that symbolic in nature? Have you noticed it at all in practices that you've covered? Does he... Is he spending more time because he wants everybody to know he's paying attention to that side of the ball? Can he make contributions there? And he brought in essentially a third coordinator in three years in Brad Lambert. What's going on on that side of the ball? Well, he was uh, the the backstory to that is that he had hired Bob Diaco uh, going into the 2020 season, and that was that was a disaster on many fronts for for Purdue. Uh, Jeff Brom's you know mo is is an aggressive guy and he wants his defense to be aggressive. And last year they were not aggressive and it bothered him. Uh, he, he admitted he made the mistake and he cleaned house on that side of the ball, brought in some, uh, some experienced uh, defensive coaches, Brad Lambert, as you mentioned, who's been a head coach at Charlotte, Ron English, who's been a head coach at Eastern Michigan uh, and also worked uh, as Michigan's defensive coordinator. And then Mark Hagan, who coached at Purdue a decade ago under Joe Tiller, but has made stops at Texas and Texas A&M and Indiana. So he feels like he's got three veteran coaches on that side of the ball that are all working together. Yes, and he does add his, well, he doesn't add his two cents. He adds his eight cents or ten cents mm-hmm. uh, uh, to, the, to, that, to that room to make sure that everybody's on the same page, everybody's, pulling in the same direction because last year they were not pulling in the same direction. They were going 25 different directions and it caused, it caused a lot of problems, uh, you know, last season, at least to start the year. I think everybody's on the same page. Uh, and Jeff, Jeff does want to play a role in, in what happens defensively because he feels like he can add something from, from an offensive standpoint about what, what teams are trying to do to them. And, yes, he spent time with the defense uh, in, the, in the practices that we watched, whether that was for show because we were there or something else. But I, I, I've heard and I, I do know that he's, he's, more, he's been more actively involved in, on that side of the ball. Mm-hmm. Hey, Mike, last thing from me. What was You're the first Big Ten person we've talked to. Your reaction or your community reaction, if you will, to the alliance that uh, came out, was it last week? Yeah, Uh I, I don't have a reaction. <laughs> it's just—it's just a bunch of holding hands, or I mean, there's no substance to it now. There's no commitment that this is what we're going to do. 
Um, I mean, it was pretty uh, – and I love the Big Ten, and uh, that's all I've covered. And um, But it, it was a pretty weak response to what the SEC did, if that's what they were trying to do. Um, you know, just come out and say, hey – we need to make money in our next TV contract, so we need to play more attractive games. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I mean, I, I, I just don't, this whole thing that we're hiding behind, we want more money, I mean, it's it's clear. They've got to have more money. Everybody wants more money, and that's what that's what everybody's working toward on this thing. Now, there, there, there are some, I think there is, you know, a couple positives to it from, from a big-picture standpoint is it does – create the alliance when you get down to voting for things uh, with the NCAA structure and things that the SEC might, might want to push through that really doesn't benefit the Pac-12 or the Big Ten or the ACC. That way you can kind of ward that off. As you know, SEC would like to create its own rules that would only benefit them and therefore keep them yeah. uh, in the power structure of, of college football. So uh, I, I think that can kind of be a positive and of course the the college football playoff the expansion uh did it move too fast you know I, the one thing i really hope that comes out of this is is that the college football playoff whether it's 8 12 16 whatever it is from a tv standpoint is taken the market let all the tv networks bid on it similar to what they do with the super bowl get everybody involved in it rotate it and make that you know if i if i'm covering if i'm broadcasting the college football playoff that year and I'm uh, network X, then I've incentivized to have regular season college football on my channel uh, during, during the regular season. And I think that benefits college football. I think that benefits everybody because I do think ESPN is trying to um, hog the whole pizza, so to speak, and make everything their own. And I think they, they are clearly in bed with the SEC and they're not getting out of that bed. Uh, until they absolutely have to. Yeah, Mike, thanks for everything. The last question I have when you bring up uh, the arc in your 25 years, the 2000 season for both, there's a lot of parallels to the, to the programs that are competing Saturday, and this is one of them. 2000 is one of those amazing years. The Beavers go 11-1 and one and finish number four in the country, one in the Fiesta Bowl. And Purdue, with Drew Brees, goes to the Rose Bowl. Now, fans, having experienced that, and Purdue went in 66, and they were one of the top teams again in 67, and have had some good runs and errors here and there. What is the level of expectation for Purdue football? I'm just, you know, is it every quarter of a century we can get back to Pasadena? I mean, what, 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 what do you think? I mean, in this game, to me, both programs are in a somewhat similar position. Yeah, you know, I, I think I always try to say you got to remember who you are and kind of what, where your program is. To me, the ideal Purdue football program, uh, you gear up for three or four years to have that one year where you, in this case, challenge for the West, maybe win the West, get in the conference championship game, and then, um, you know, take your chances there. And then, then you come back, you come back down a little bit, but you're still going to bowl games. Mm -hmm. So Purdue's never going to be a program where every single year, they're going to be at the top of the West or challenging for the conference championship. It, it, it could happen, I guess, but it hasn't happened. So I don't think it will like that, but just kind of gear up and, you know, 
be happy that you're going to bowls while you're building for the next big thing. Yeah, And that's kind of how I view Purdue program. Now, Purdue fans will scoff at that and think that they should be um, a contender just like Ohio State, Michigan, and Wisconsin. I'm like, no. <laughs> no. It's different. They're different programs. Different programs, different they're in different eras, they're in different spots. They shouldn't. Purdue should not compare itself to those those kind of teams, mm-hmm. other than Wisconsin, because they're in the same division. Right. But right. take care of your own business. Do what you need to do to put yourself in the position to challenge for the West. You know, in one of those years, it will work out. It, it'll happen. Yeah. And it just it, it kind of it kind of you find your way there in one of those special years. And hence uh, the importance. Again, we close. Just a thought. I mean. With the same way we began, the magnitude, the import of this game for both programs makes it an exciting prospect. Mike, uh, thank you so much for your time on short notice. I look forward. I hope I can say hello to you in the ross press box uh, come Saturday afternoon. Thanks for taking time for us today out here in the beautiful Beaver State. We appreciate it. Will you be wearing a tuxedo? <laughs> so you know uh, that story. You've done your research. You know the storyline on that, huh? Well, I'm doing my research. I went back to our old newspaper article from 1967, and we had a we had a short story about it. <laughs> well, n- no, I won't. But if we <laughs> win the game, I probably got to wear whatever it is that I wore the rest of the season because Blackburn, Bob Blackburn, the late great Bob Blackburn, continued to wear the tux the rest of that giant right. killer year, which led to the three nothing win over OJ and USC. <laughs> In 67. So uh, I need to take a, a selfie and find out what I'm wearing if we walk out of there with a win, and that's all I'm wearing the rest of the year. Well, I would expect nothing less. That's awesome. Thanks a lot, Mike. Great to meet you and talk to you. Thanks for your time. I right, appreciate you guys having me on. Really nice guy. Yeah, he was good. And that's he a good, good. That's good research on his part. It is, and I like how he brought up the the way he talked about the expectation at Purdue, knowing fans don't want to hear that, mm-hmm. but that's what the expectation is. It's very much like it is here. It's somewhat uncanny the parallels in the program. Yeah, both and, historically and currently. Yeah, exactly. The storyline trying to get the defense fixed and. And d- different things that, you know, have faced both head coaches, but that their last really big special year was yeah. t- 21 years ago. Now, I didn't know that about 2000 for them. Yeah. They played Washington in the Rose Bowl. The Huskies won, but Drew Brees was their quarterback, and they had an amazing run when with was it, Joe Tiller. What other Rose Bowls have they been to? Well, I, I'll have to double-check on that. I believe they – I know they went and won with Bob Greasy beating USC but the last one in was 66, and then they won again in 2000. So, yeah, just kind of a rare And so spikes. the Beavers, right, the Beavers in went in 64 mm-hmm. and were had the record to go in 2000. At seven and one, right. but had the three-way tie right. and ended up in the fiesta. So again, the parallels are eerily similar. Yeah, we take a break for this hour. We've got uh, another perspective that will also bring us back to the beautiful Pacific Northwest from our old friend Craig Davison, <laughs> <laughs> the man who will be named later. Uh, Craig Davison will join us with Jimmy Kirkpatrick from that '67 Purdue team that Billy Maine. And Bob Blackburn and Steve Priest beat. <laughs> well, the, that perspective, we've never yeah, heard no, from Purdue's them. perspective of that right. game. So we're going to find that out next hour. And we'll have either, we believe, Avery Roberts or Jaden Grant joining us on the back end of the show today on 1240 Joe Radio.
Fall leagues are now forming at Highland Bowl. Get a group of friends together and reserve your spot. A fall league is fun, good exercise, inexpensive, and perfect for beginners. And with 14 different leagues to choose from each week, you're sure to find something just right. For more info, call or stop by Highland Bowl on 9th Street in Corvallis or log on to HighlandBowl.com. Wise Photo Printing has moved. Stop by their new location at 6th and Adams next to Ball Studios in downtown Corvallis. Need a passport or visa picture for any foreign country, including Canada? Need to transfer an old video or film to a digital format? Looking to restore or manipulate an image or need a high-resolution scan of a print negative or a slide? Wise Photo Printing can help. They have a self-service kiosk, too. Wise Photo Printing, now in their new location at 6th and Adams next to Ball Studios in downtown Corvallis. Helping you get it done. For auto glass solutions, better call a glass man. Call 541-760-2277. Call the glass man. Hi, this is Jake the Glass Man. Do you need to repair or replace your windshield? Do you have questions? Stop by or give me a call. For auto glass solutions, better call a glass man. Call 541-760-2277. Call the glass man. Trump's Hobbies has been serving the area since 1972 and is a proud supporter of schools, clubs, and groups throughout the Mid-Valley. Trump's has the area's largest selection of radio-controlled cars, boats, airplanes, and helicopters, plus drones, plastic models, model trains, fantasy games, collector cards, and modeling tools, parts, paints, and supplies. Whether you're an experienced modeler or just starting out, Trump's is there to help. Build it. Drive it. Fly it. Trump's Hobbies in the Timber Hill Shopping Center in Corvallis, bringing enjoyment to life. Woodstock's Pizza on Kings Boulevard in Corvallis truly is pizza for all. Whether you're on the offense, the defense, or the special teams, maybe even the third-string punter, Woodstock's is pizza for all. With over 36 fresh toppings to choose from, six sauce options, three crust options, also gluten-free and non-dairy options, and delivery to most of Corvallis. Woodstock's Pizza on Kings Boulevard in Corvallis truly is pizza for all even third string punters who is the beef's third string punter i was leaving an exercise class all of a sudden the pain started thanks for joining us here on the joe beaver show where mike parker and john warren always have the best interviews in fact here's john talking about their most recent interviewee very good he's very yes, good yes he was he was honestly he was very good they all are they all are to me he's the best but because of maybe different reasons than yeah. other people so stay tuned for more interviews and sports talk with Mike Parker and John Warren on the Joe Beaver Show. All right. Yes, absolutely. Welcome back to the Joe Beaver Show. A couple of minutes left in this hour here on the program. We'll get underway at noon on Saturday with the uh, Tailgate Show, and we'll be on the stream as well on KEJOAM.com all the way through through the football game, through to the final post-game call-in show with T.J. Mathewson. That's coming up uh, on Saturday. We'll do that. It's it's kind of back to normal. I read where they're expecting a crowd of about fifty to fifty-five thousand in a capacity of fifty-seven. Yeah, so, that, so that, pretty full house. I think it's going to be for for guys that didn't play uh, last year before fans anywhere. Right. It, that's and and Jonathan this week has been from what I we not able to get to practice. Maybe we should ask TJ right. this. 
or even Avery and Jay and or Jaden were hoping to get. Are, are they piping in noise? Are they trying to? I assume that that's what's going on over there on he campus. He said they were going to do that, and, yeah. and uh, that's good because it's going to be a lot different than it was last year. Um, so, and that was that was a fun interview. A fun yeah, interview he, he sounded Mike, like uh, a Carmen. really cool guy, nice guy, Mike Carmen from the. Lafayette Journal and Courier joining us for a, a generous amount of his time yeah. on various storylines. And we didn't even get to, we talked about David Bell, but in going over to the rebuild of the defense, one position that they don't have to worry about is defensive end George Karloftis, who just sounds like one of the more uh, dynamic players in the country in a future top 10 pick next year. As a David Bell will be a top 10 pick overall this year. Karloftis expects to be that next year. Really a, <laughs> one of the top defensive ends in the country that the Beavers have to deal yeah. with out of the gate. Yes, that is a concern. But the more research I do, the more we talk to guys from, from Purdue, mm-hmm. not, uh, I'm feeling better about this game. Are you? I really am. Not a, not a great, not an not a overwhelming offensive line is what he said. Um, or, or Loftus is going to be a guy that the Beavers are going to have to deal with, and Bell especially. But it just doesn't seem like... A juggernaut that that Oregon State is is uh, up well. They're not against. playing Ohio State in Columbus no, as no. Jonathan did in his opener. <laughs> no, I mean yeah. that's uh, what a difference right. it makes, and, and some experience clearly with your quarterback and Sam Neuer, and uh, everybody. There, there's so much experience. I, I really like Oregon State's chances, and I just I wonder what was. I understand that it's the home game for Purdue, but home games shouldn't be worth seven points. Um, but they opened as a seven-point favorite. I don't. Yeah, and I, the sense I get there is the home field advantage could be worth three or four. So if it's a yeah. four-point game and you're going to install Purdue as a four-point, then they get three for a loud, nearly full Ross aid. I I suppose, but I just I like uh, Oregon State's situation. I know Jimmy talked about. It. You know, maybe the secondary with a couple of injuries that the Beavers have. I wish Isaac Hodgins was mm-hmm. was available. Right. Isaiah, I guess, got cut yesterday from the Bills. We This week, and in fact, maybe even Friday, I'm not now trying to go Craig Davison and produce your show for you. <laughs> we appreciate <laughs> Craig, who will join us here in a few minutes, along with a former colleague in the coaching world, uh, with him, Jimmy Kirkpatrick, who played for the Boilermakers against the Giant Killers for the Beavers in 1967. So you're right, it'll be interesting to get someone else's perspective from the Purdue side of what had to be one of the more disappointing losses ever. That's all coming up next hour, but maybe Friday you could do a Beavers in the NFL because there's a bunch of them. Here's the microphone. Is this thing on? This is KEJO Corvallis. Everybody hear me? We're on in five. And QID. 1240 Joe Radio. With the Bloomberg Business of Sports Report, I'm Michael Barr. The NFL and the NFLPA have agreed to weekly COVID testing for vaccinated players and staff. Unvaccinated players will be tested daily according to the agreement. The growing rage around cryptocurrencies has captured the attention of defending U.S. Open tennis champion Naomi Osaka, who's been exploring where she can invest in the space. 
Part of her interest was spurred by all the noise around Dogecoin, the digital token that became famous for being the first meme coin to start out as a joke. Osaka has quickly shot up in the ranks of the all-time highest-paid female athletes. The Motor City will hear a familiar voice return to radio. Beasley Media Group Detroit, in collaboration with Woodward Sports, the Michigan Sports Network, and Sports Map Radio Network, will launch the Roar Motor City Sports Talk. The group had been out of the sports talk game for over five years. And that's a Bloomberg Business of Sports report. I'm Michael Barr. Now is the perfect time to get a complimentary wealth planning review from a Fidelity representative. They can discuss ways to help grow and protect your wealth, from year-round tax-smart guidance to finding the balance between risk and reward across all your investments. Schedule an appointment to learn more about Fidelity's one-on-one approach to wealth management. Visit fidelity.com wealth. Investment minimums apply. Fidelity Brokerage Services, LLC. It's like I blinked and suddenly all my business shifted to e-commerce. Now my business hours are whenever my customers need me. My customers want everything now and faster than ever. It's a whole different world. Your business is changing. The United States Postal Service is changing with it. We're bringing you fast, reliable shipping nationwide. And we're bringing it right when your customers need it. Let's discover new routes. Visit usps.com slash new routes. The United States Postal Service. Priority you. Kraken Cards in downtown Corvallis carries sports cards, Pokemon cards, MTG cards, board games, collectibles, card sleeves, playmats, and more. Have you been to Kraken Cards yet? If you're into sports cards and games, Kraken Cards is for you. Kraken Cards' knowledgeable staff can help you find what you're looking for and at fair market value. And for you Oregon State fans, Kraken Cards has a dedicated Oregon State alumni box to browse. Kraken Cards, 114 Southwest 3rd, downtown Corvallis. Kraken Cards. Your connection to everything fun. Every Qdoba catering order is a fresh-made Mexican feast of hand-smashed, flame-grilled, sliced, diced, and sautéed flavors perfect for any occasion. Whether you're planning your office's tortilla Tuesday, hosting a post-game party for your intramural dodgeball team, or trying to bring in a dinner for your PTA meeting that's so good, it'll bump your kid up to an A-minus in Spanish class. Qdoba Catering. Fresh, hot, easy, delicious. Order today. Luxury vinyl plank flooring is really popular right now, and Corvallis Floor Covering carries several different brands. LVP flooring is waterproof, durable, very affordable, and mimics the look and texture of real wood. Window coverings are an easy way to update a room, and Corvallis Floor Covering has new fashion looks by Hunter Douglas and Norman Window Fashions. Stop by and browse through their large showroom. They're at the corner of 2nd and Van Buren downtown, or log on to CorvallisFloorCovering.com. Shop local, shop Corvallis Floor Covering, and go Beeves! Master the mealtime rush with a refrigerator that helps you cut down on clutter. The Whirlpool four-door refrigerator keeps groceries in sight and easy to find. From easy-reach shelves to a flexible ice bin, see how the four sleek compartments help keep ingredients organized so that you can get dinner on the table. Visit Kellenberger Appliance to learn more. Kellenberger Appliance, 21 Main Street, Lebanon, serving all our appliance needs since 1918. Visit Kellenberger Appliance today. 
Hi, this is Dennis Silvers, the golf guru with another golf minute on getting proper weight shift. In general, golfers are afraid to move laterally off the ball. They think that they will make better ball contact if they keep their lower body as fixed as possible during the swing. Unfortunately, freezing the lower body usually leads to a reverse weight shift as well as an abbreviated backswing. This is horrible, folks. To promote the lower body action in the backswing, take several practice swings stopping at the top and feeling as though your belt buckle is over the inside of your right knee. The key is to move your left hip away from the target about a full 45 degrees. This unrestricted hip motion serves two functions. It deposits your body weight onto the right leg and it promotes a full shoulder turn. With your weight loaded and a full body turn, you're ready to make a very aggressive move to the ball. So remember this, move the left hip behind the ball for a fuller shoulder turn. For the Golf Minute, I'm Dennis Silvers. Are you looking for a rewarding new career? Join the United States Postal Service and apply for roles nationwide. Serve your community with pride and receive benefits including competitive pay and opportunities for advancement. Whether you're looking for full-time, part-time, or seasonal positions, we have options that may be perfect for you. The United States Postal Service is an equal opportunity employer. Apply now at usps.com careers. How can I make sure my office never stops working? With Staples Connect, it's possible. I need to keep my back office stocked without messing up my bottom line. Also possible because Staples Connect has your small business covered with big savings on everything you need. This week, earn 30% back in a Staples Store bonus when you spend $85 on ink or $200 on toner. Explore what's new at your local Staples or staplesconnect.com. Staples Connect, the working and learning store. Limit four in-store only. Visit staplesconnect.com slash store bonus for details ends 9-11 hey siri uh-huh take me to the joe beaver show 1240 joe radio one option is joe crow reservoir in oregon is that the one you're looking for no which the joe beaver the joe beaver show 1240 joe radio on it it's a destination people have sought for generations. I'll be near Oregon. And take my wagon train to the Willamette Valley in Oregon. Be sure to come prepared. I'm fascinated. I'm fascinated too. Right on the arm. And with the proper gear. Shall we select our masks? And even in this exacting age. Everything you say comes back to bite you. Come ready to contribute, even if your own son has his doubts. Dad and his mysterious phone calls. <laughs> Remembering what a call to Joe can do. Those phone calls put you through college. As you draw closer, note the surrounding characters. And know this, John and Mike will celebrate when you get here. All right, looks like we're here. I'm appreciative, Siri. Indeed you are. Thank you. No problem. Well, the, the connections, they never really cease to amaze me. You know, the, the dropping, as I mentioned yesterday, to, and by the way, open phones now. If there's anything you'd like to react to, anything about your own mindset with respect to the game, I'm also curious. We had a call yesterday from Dave from Tumwater, 
who said his own, he's not as completely fully engaged yet. I don't know if it's a crisis of soul for Dave, but he says it's the, the first time since 1998. And that was uh, the year before he actually got, he became a true Beaver believer in 99, the breakthrough year. And he's been ardent in following Oregon State football, baseball in particular, passionately ever since. But he said this year he's had a harder time engaging in as much sort of study as you might as a fan and preparing for the upcoming season. But a Purdue win might totally, re I mean, a win by the Beavs over Purdue might completely change that. Okay, I'm back, I'm in. I know there was a crisis of the collective psyche for baseball fans after the 94 strike and no World Series. A right. void and a chasm. Yeah. No World Series for the first time since 1903 or 1902. The last time. We'd had a World Series every year since 1903. World Wars occurred and, and World Series continue to be played. But not in 1994. And... A lot of fans the following year were very slow to return until for us in our neck of the woods, the Mariners made their magical run in 1995 to beat the Yankees in that memorable playoff series and save baseball for the city of Seattle and Major League Baseball for the Pacific Northwest because there was talk of moving and the team was struggling, not drawing at the Kingdom. And they make the amazing run. And baseball, get, they get their beautiful new ballpark. And maybe the Mariners are in the process of coming back again to relevancy on the major league level. But all of that to say, I remember in 95 being on the front lines in sports talk radio in Portland. Mm -hmm. People saying, I'm done with baseball. Baseball's dead to me and I under baseball. <laughs> and... I can't. But when the Mariners started to get their thing going, a few right, people, right. well, I told Man, Mike, I called you back. I, I, I like this team. You know, and they, in spite of themselves, they couldn't stay away. The game drew them back. The greatness and the beauty of the game drew them back. But there was a disconnect for a while. Now, last year we had a season, but it was a it was just such a, uh, a weird, unusual yeah. year that. Yeah. I do think that maybe there's still a little bit of disconnect. I don't know. But that's what we're asking now. Dave is going to join us, a different Dave, at 497-5356 on the Downward Dog phone line. Are any of you, if you want to share on the University Honda text line, are you having what Dave voiced yesterday? Maybe you're not quite as strong as he was, but are you a little less interested John, your opinion was people would be more, oh, my gosh, here we go. Football's yeah. back. Right. Did you find other things to fill a void? Did you, are you a little, are you still, because of the uncertainties and, and policies and procedures and all the protocols still in place, finding yourself a little less enthusiastic than you were or might have been? I mean, if you have any thoughts on that, we'd love to hear from you here before we visit with Craig Davison and Jimmy Kirkpatrick. 
Jimmy Kirkpatrick worked and lived in Portland in Tillamook, too. <laughs> I mean, I, That's amazing. I mean, so we're going to talk to both of these gentlemen coming up in a few minutes. But in the meantime, if you have anything you'd like to share with respect to your own interest in the game Saturday night and in Beaver football in 2021, whether there's still some sense of disconnect or ambivalence in your soul about it, whatever the case, we'd love to hear from you. 497 5356 Dave joins us on the Downward Dog phone line. Good afternoon, Dave. Hey guys, it's it's good to good to have you guys back on here. It's been thank you. It's been a long summer, long summer without. <laughs> okay, and, Patrick. And I think that, and I think that might be part of the uh, the problem with with come water, Dave, and even even me in that case is there just hasn't been that build up like we get to other sports. Um, you know, and so maybe until we see that first game, I mean, it, it wasn't even a big deal made about the spring game, I don't think, or the the scrimmage or whatever. So, uh, you know, until until we see them on TV and, and see what we've we've got on the field, I think there's there's that. You know, eh, it's mm-hmm. yeah, football's coming. And, you know, but they, we don't have the excitement that they do. You know, in some of those like Alabama, where football's life and. You know, maybe it's just you know, a little added to it in this particular situation. You know, second year of COVID, not knowing what's going to happen, and mm-hmm. and uh, but but to be fair, I it's I don't think it's just a you know Beaver football fans kind of feeling the same way. I'm not hearing any chatter from any of my friends from the school down the road, so hmm. um, there just may be. Kind of a general, like it's, I hate to say it's not as important as it used to be, but maybe it's not. Hmm. And, you know, maybe until it's there on the screen in front of us as, an, as another yeah. venue for entertainment, and then maybe, you know, it's just wait and see. Yeah, you know, David, I thought it was interesting then to talk to Mike Carmen, who says that there's a genuine buzz of enthusiasm in West Lafayette and perhaps for Purdue fans in that state. If they're expecting in a capacity of 57, 50 to 55, that's a good opener. I mean, there seems to be a lot of interest there. Uh, even with the disconnect that, that perhaps the COVID world has created, it sounds like those fans are anxious to get back and get loud at ross Aid Stadium. Yeah, and I, I know a few people that are uh, uh, taking the Yola Hills trip, and they're, they're going to spend you know three days out there and uh, stay in Chicago and go to the Cubs game and go to the football game, and it sounds like a really good thing. And I'd kind of be curious you know, if you guys could maybe uh, – you know, get those guys on to, to kind of yeah. arrange that, those things and, and talk to them and see how many people are actually traveling out there. That's a good or, idea. You know, what ticket sales look like. Because, um, you know, things like that for people people to know about that. And, um, you know, I guess they've got an extended trip that, stay, you know, goes a few more days and you get to spend a little bit more time out there. But, you know, that, that's important for, for those trips. And, you know, if you are Purdue fans, how do you – how do you not get excited about the Beavers coming to town? Well, I would hope, yeah. I mean, you know, the, apparently the co-eds back in 67 weren't, but I think those fans are excited in 2021. 
Dave, speaking of which, we need to get going. We've got a couple of former Purdue Boilermakers who both have lived and worked in the state of Oregon. And in fact, this is unbelievable. Dave, good talking to you, sir. Thanks for the call. Jimmy Kirkpatrick, who's about to join us with Craig Davison, got a degree from Oregon State. I mean, he didn't play football here. How do these, how are, how do you account for these things? I can't. Don't tell me there is no mystery with apologies to Coburn. And Bump Elliott coaching. <laughs> Let's at, take a break. Playing at Purdue, coaching at Oregon State. We'll get them both, uh, Jimmy and Craig, next on 1240 Joe Radio. Hi, this is Dave from Tom Water. WSU Press, yep, that's the Cougs, has just published my latest book, Lewis and Clark Reframed. In Lewis and Clark Reframed, we will examine how the famous American expedition was influenced by the British explorers, James Cook, George Vancouver, and Alexander Mackenzie, all of whom preceded Lewis and Clark to the Pacific Northwest. Order Lewis and Clark Reframed from WSU Press, Amazon.com, or your favorite bookstore. Middleton Heating has served the Mid-Valley for over 72 years and is still here to help you 24 hours a day. Middleton can repair, replace, or maintain all types of heating and cooling equipment. AC causing you trouble? Need repairs or replacement? Give Middleton Heating a call. For new equipment, Middleton offers several financing options and participates in state, federal, and manufacturer incentive programs. And don't forget Middleton's custom sheet metal shop is still taking orders, large or small. You can count on Middleton for all your heating, cooling, and sheet metal needs online at middletonheating.net. Luxury Vinyl Plank Flooring is really popular right now, and Corvallis Floor Covering carries several different brands. LVP Flooring is waterproof, durable, very affordable, and mimics the look and texture of real wood. Window coverings are an easy way to update a room, and Corvallis Floor Covering has new fashion looks by Hunter Douglas and Norman Window Fashions. Stop by and browse through their large showroom. They're at the corner of 2nd and Van Buren downtown, or log on to CorvallisFloorCovering.com. Shop local, shop Corvallis. Dallas floor covering and go beeves. Master the mealtime rush with a refrigerator that helps you cut down on clutter. The Whirlpool four-door refrigerator keeps groceries in sight and easy to find. From easy reach shelves to a flexible ice bin, see how the four sleek compartments help keep ingredients organized so that you can get dinner on the table. Visit Kellenberger Appliance to learn more. Kellenberger Appliance, 21 Main Street, Lebanon, serving all our appliance needs since 1918. Visit Kellenberger Appliance today. Cascade Barbecue is serving up the best and freshest smoked meats in the Corvallis and surrounding Willamette Valley area. Featuring its signature soak and smoke style barbecue with our applewood smoked tri-tip, hanging and banging ribs, pulled pork and wood fire smoked chicken. Cascade is open Tuesday through Sunday, 11 a.m. for dine-in and takeout and can also accommodate all your tailgating and catering needs. Cascade features a large outside seating area and be sure to check out their website, CascadeBBQ.org, for upcoming events such as live music and weekly trivia. Cascade Barbecue on Kings Boulevard in Corvallis. Kraken Cards in downtown Corvallis carries sports cards, Pokemon cards, MTG cards, board games, collectibles, card sleeves, playmats, and more. Have you been to Kraken Cards yet? If you're into sports cards and games, Kraken Cards is for you. Kraken Cards knowledgeable staff can help you find what you're looking for and at fair market value. And for you Oregon State fans, Kraken Cards has a dedicated Oregon State alumni box to browse. 
Cracking Cards, 114 Southwest 3rd, downtown Corvallis. Cracking Cards, your connection to everything fun. Every Qdoba catering order is a fresh-made Mexican feast of hand-smashed, flame-grilled, sliced, diced, and sautéed flavors perfect for any occasion. Whether you're planning your office's Tortilla Tuesday, hosting a post-game party for your intramural dodgeball team, or trying to bring in a dinner for your PTA meeting that's so good, it'll bump your kid up to an A-minus in Spanish class. Qdoba Catering. Fresh, hot, easy, delicious. Order today. Head coach Jonathan Smith has his alma mater trending up. The Beavs offense is reloaded with running back B.J. Baylor. Baylor is in. Touchdown, Beavers. And QB Chance Nolan. Touchdown, Beavers. Chance Nolan. Join us Saturday, September 4th. It's the season opener versus the Purdue Boilermakers. On your home for Oregon State football. The Beavers Sports Network. September 4th, right here on 1240 Joe Ray. We continue on the Joe Beaver Show. Craig Davison had a great idea yesterday. In fact, uh, just the idea of Craig Davison itself is interesting to me. <laughs> Phil Vorvik, a mutual friend, as we sat down yesterday morning for a cup of Jamo in uh, Corvallis, Purdue football comes up. Oh, I've got a good friend that played at Purdue, and here we go. That has led us to a connection with Craig Davison, a linebacker at Purdue who also returned a punt for a touchdown in 1989, one of 23 players in the history of Purdue football to return a punt for a touchdown. We have one of them right here. Wow. Craig Davison, who walked on as a linebacker and ended up having an outstanding career for the late Fred Akers and then the first year of Jim Coletto in West Lafayette, a businessman who opened Mount Hood Pizza and Rhododendron and maybe originally in Mount Hood. All of that story and the connections are fascinating. But Craig put us in touch with Jimmy Kirkpatrick. Jimmy has not answered his phone, Craig. I just want to let you know that. We're going to keep trying. Uh, hope there wasn't a breakdown in communication as to what time we were hoping to get another former Purdue Boilermaker on, part of that great 1967 team with a fascinating story that ties in living and working in Tillamook and in Portland and getting a master's degree from Oregon State. I mean, the connections are unbelievable to me, Craig. And so it's a pleasure to talk to you again on the phone, to meet you. It's been a wild 24 hours with respect to you and your life and ours here on the Joe Beaver Show. Craig, welcome to the program. How are you today? I'm great. I appreciate you having me. Craig, it's an amazing story that, for me, and I'm not even sure where to start other than Maybe a little bit about where you grew up, and you're back there now, but you walked on at Indiana. Your life took an amazing turn. Hold on, hold on, not Indiana, Purdue. They're very sensitive here. No, the you state. You walked on at Indiana. That's a whole other school that oh. we don't like to talk about. It. Okay, no, no, you're, you're absolutely right, and I apologize. You grew up in the state of Indiana, <laughs> which is what I'm trying to say, and you walked on at Purdue. I understand we're playing Purdue yep, correct. and not the Hoosiers this weekend, but thank you for that <laughs> quick correction. You're, you're right to, do, to make it. But from the time that you did that, 
your life, it sounds like, Craig, took an amazing turn when you came to the Pacific Northwest to play the Huskies in 1989. So maybe take us through your story, getting to Purdue, and then what happened when you flew into the Pacific Northwest in, in 89. All right. Uh, yeah, I'm, Rensselaer is a small town of about 4,500. It's a county seat here of Jasper County, and uh we don't get a lot of recruits going to the Big Ten in general. Uh, and so I, you know, decided that instead of going to a smaller school that I had some offers for, I decided I'm going to try to go big and try to, try to, you know, not have any regrets, uh, or thinking the rest of my life if I could have made it a bigger school. And I got offered by Fred Akers to come walk on at Purdue. And I walked on with one of my best friends, Doug Vanderweilen. And him and I came in in 88, it was super hot, drought year, uh, and I was able to kind of make some splashes with some pump block drills and some of the conditioning stuff. I kind of had a, a, a mental note never to finish second in conditioning, so I was, you know, caught the eyes of the coaches, and they gave me the opportunity to walk on. And um, our very first game, actually, was against the Huskies here at Ross State Stadium in Purdue. And uh, I was a freshman walk-on, and they kicked off the ball. I was going back, and they had the senior uh, stud linebacker coming down the field. It was nationally televised, and the linebacker must have been one of the better players. I, I don't know his name, but he ran me directly over. And as he ran me over, I grabbed onto his shirt and got a holding call. I did not even bring him to the ground. He continued past me and clobbered our return man. And so we got a 10-yard holding call, and that was my introduction to the Big Ten and, and to Division One football. But luckily I stayed on the field and uh, was able to try to go redeem myself out in the Pacific Northwest the next year. And we were flying in, and I just was enamored by all the mountains. Uh, I was able to see Mount Hood and Mount Adams, Mount St. Helens, and Rainier, and we land, and uh, I'm just blown away by the atmosphere of the stadium. You know, during warm-ups, you have people coming up in boats to the dock there at Husky <laughs> Stadium, and I'm just like, what the heck's going on here? Like, we're, we're playing in sports fields. So uh, it, it kind of blew me away, and I made a mental note that when I'm done playing, to come back out and check out the Pacific Northwest a little bit more in detail than Lo and behold, I moved out there in 95, the summer of 95, and, and uh, kind of started my journey. Very impressive because you kept with that plan. It was seven years later. Sometimes we, we can get excited about things, and then it kind of dies away. But, Craig, you kept with that plan and ended up on Mount Hood. My family's had a cabin in Rhododendron for 60 years, and uh, I, I remember Mount Hood Pizza, and, and you know we always go up to Timberline. So how did you end up there? And then, and then how do you take uh, go after all you've been through – take that business itself back to uh, Indiana? Well, I uh, moved out to Lake Oswego first and um, ended up uh, deciding that I wanted to be closer to the mountains because that's what kind of drew me out here to begin with. And I think here, I, part of my soul is still out in Oregon because I just, I, there's no place that I love more than the state of Oregon and the people there. But, uh, I ended up moving to this unbelievable cabin in Welch's that was right on the Salmon River 
and uh, you could see salmon running in the fall, and it was you know uh, glacier-fed water. You could drink it. It was it was just unbelievable, and which was a big deal at that time. Not so much now, but it was a local phone call to call back to Portland, and I was able to do some independent sales for epoxy uh, back then, and. Um, I could make local phone calls into the city and, you know, it was, you know, I was like, oh my gosh, I could just set up camp right here. Well, I ended up deciding to get a, another job as well. And I started working at Timberline Lodge as a, a server. And that's where I met my good buddy, Jerry Chalmers. We ended up uh, being, he was a bartender there and we were bussers to start with. And I became a server. And then um, he came to me one day and said, Hey, I'm tired of this racket of making them all this money. We should open up our own place. He's like, I know how to make pizza. He's from, he's from Upper Darby, so he's a real tough inner city guy. And I don't know how to make uh, you know, pizzas and really cheesesteaks. We should open up our own joint and take over the mountain. And so we did and uh, started at Ski Bowl, which is uh, the beer stew at Ski Bowl. And I uh, got to give a shout-out to Mike Flynn. He was our boss at first, kind of letting us do that there and, we took off and opened, you know, we had all the pro snowboarders coming in. You know, we were just, as soon as we opened the doors, we were on the ground running. It was beautiful. Um, and uh, so that's kind of how we got into the pizza business. That is uh, amazing. Our similarities continue because I grew up in Lake Oswego, so I know of everything you're talking about. We get to football. We'll definitely get to football. But I do have one one more question on your, your business. Taking Mount Hood Pizza Company to the small town of Indiana, what kind of inquiries do you get? And do you have pictures of Mount Hood and stuff in the restaurant so that the whole theme is there? And do people just go, what's that? Yeah, no, we do. We have a lot of pictures. Um, and the crazy thing is, is that when uh, my wife, I met my beautiful wife, Marnie, and uh, we ended up having four beautiful kids all out in Oregon, and she was uh, kind of the career woman, and I was the stay-at-home dad. And so she, you know, God bless her to put up with me and to let me follow my dreams with this teacher's deal is, is something to behold. And... Uh, what happened was she was working in Portland, and I ended up opening up a, a pizza restaurant in Portland on, on Northeast uh, 47th and Burnside. And so we both were driving in every day, and we were like, we should just move in. So we moved into Portland, and then um, and then basically uh, after about six years of that, I, I joined and uh, the Lincoln High School football coaching staff, and we ended up making a really nice state run, and that's where I met my good friend Jimmy Kirkpatrick. And uh, we ended up, you know, uh, having a great success with uh, Lincoln High School, you know, almost won a state championship. And then uh, my wife did not want to have the kids bouncing around, to, you know, moving all the time like she did when she was younger. So she said, let's move back to Rensselaer and um, raise the kids and see what happens. So when I sold the pizza restaurant, moved back to Rensselaer, and all my friends were like, you got to reopen that pizza restaurant. That was amazing. So I kind of was like, I don't know if I want to get back into the rat race, but uh, a, a guy was selling his restaurant, came to me because he knew I was in pizza, and he was like, just come talk to me. I'm going to give you a deal you can't refuse, and that's pretty much what happened. <laughs> uh, I had all the equipment. Every, all I had to do was 
turn the open sign on and um and pretty much uh I was like, What should I name it? And and all my friends were like, You have to keep it Mount Hood Pizza. And I was like, Yeah, but Mount Hood, you know, out in Oregon <laughs> they're like, No, no, no. It was like Mount Hood is your is your shop. You know, you got the shirts, you got the sign. He was like, You got the, the, the history. You got the four twenty special, you know, the chronic sauce. So they were like, You gotta keep it Mount Hood and so we, we did, and I'm so glad that we did, for one, to be able to get connected with you guys, but also because we had people stopping in off of I-65 asking us, you know, why Mount Hood? Why is Mount Hood in the middle of the cornfield? And I just kind of picked up the flag and, you know, picked up where my heart was and just carried it forward and you know, trying to serve the best pizza in the state. And, Craig, it sounds like, in talking to you earlier, Craig Davison, former Purdue Boilermaker linebacker, uh, business person in uh, in Mount Hood, Rhododendron, Timberline, Ski Bowl, Portland, 47th and Burnside. I've been in there with my friend Phil. I didn't know the connection that he had with you. But Rensselaer, Indiana, now you told me you'd get back to me with a number after your busy lunch rush. So you're busy. The pizza's popular, it sounds like, huh? Yeah, we're we're still here. I, you know, our our business motto that we've had on our flyers ever since we opened up was we don't want to make money, we just want to be cool. And we just try to stick to that motto. We just try to do our thing. If you like us, we'll take you. Uh, we try not to turn down any deliveries, and uh, we just try to do our thing. So, Rensselaer, like I said, a small town. I know a lot of the people here, and they've been extremely supportive. Of, uh, of the business and everything. So I, I can't, I can't give a shout out to Rensselaer for the love that they showed me. Uh, it sounds like a, a, a wonderful place to visit, which I think my friend Phil, let, we'll close on that. I want to talk to you a little bit about Purdue football and maybe a little bit about Jimmy Kirkpatrick as well, who we're, we failed to connect with him, but we're going to try again. His story sounds too fascinating to just let go, even though we didn't make the connection today. But Phil you know, I know we've had lunch together there at your place. I didn't know, as I said, of the connection. But yesterday morning, just a, I mean, he brings you up and gets you on the phone, and here you are on the Joe Beaver Show, which is amazing how kind of the, it all came together so quickly. Phil Phil is a great guy, isn't he? It sounds like you guys have been friends for a long time, and I've been a friend of his for over 40 years. Yeah, no, Phil is unbelievable. He was extremely supportive to me when we opened up. And he'd come over, and he, uh, we were kind of the yin to the yang. You know, he's kind of a runner. I'm a football player, but we played off each other so well. And, you know, we both had our love for music and food and, and beer. You know, <laughs> you got you to put that in there. It was yeah. definitely a big part of our relationship. You know, sorry, wives, but no. you know, that's how it kind of went. But, you know, he's been great. He's, uh, and the fact that we've stayed in touch for so long, you know, all of his kids, you know, little Jenny would come to the Lincoln High School games with us. She was, she's amazing. She's grown up as all now. Sorry. And, uh, you know, but their, their whole family is just absolutely beautiful. Craig Davison joining us. Craig, this connection with Jimmy Kirkpatrick at Lincoln, did you guys know each other? I mean, that, that there was a guy who also had played at Purdue when you first began to coach together, how uh, how did that relationship come about? No, we did not know each other until I started coaching there. I actually got connected with the Lincoln High School football program um, by ordering. They were ordering pizzas um, 
at, after their games, and I would run across town with about 20 pizzas after their Friday night games, and uh, that was due to uh, their defensive line coach, Sean Price, who was uh, a Buffalo Bill, and I was real good friends with him because uh, a high school classmate of mine, Dan Brandenburg, got drafted in the seventh round for the Bills, and I'd go to all of his football games, and then I became real good friends with Sean, and when he moved out to Portland, he got on the coaching staff at Lincoln, and then he got me connected doing footballs and are doing the, the pizzas after the, after the games, and that's how I got and took, you know, in touch with Coach Carlson, and they offered me the job, and, and then once I got on the team, you know, I met Jimmy. They're like, hey, we got another Boilermaker. And I was like, what are you talking about? And they're like, yeah, Jimmy Fitzpatrick <laughs> played at Purdue back in 57. I was like, no, way. that was like our glory years. Yeah. And so it was, we immediately had a connection and, you know, we've been friends ever since. Hey, uh, we just got a call from uh, our outstanding, you're a former linebacker at Purdue. Avery Roberts is on the line. You're going to see number 34 making plays at Ross 8 on Saturday night, Craig. Can we, after we visit with Avery, finish the show and finish the conversation with you here in about 10, 10, 12 minutes or so? Is that possible? Absolutely. Okay, we're going to yep, give you nope, a call I'm here, back. I'm Thank you, Craig. We're going to call Craig Davison back here in just a moment to finish the thought and conversation. It's always a little, we're ne- never exactly sure when practice is going to end and when players are going to be made sure. available. And so we appreciate Captain Avery Roberts taking time for us following today's workout. We just uh, Avery, thanks for taking time. We were just talking to a former Purdue linebacker who ran a business in Portland and coached at Lincoln High in Portland with a former Boilermaker. So we appreciate your flexibility in joining us after your workout today. Avery, how excited are you for going back to Purdue and getting this thing going Saturday night? I'm really excited. Thanks for having me. Um, I can't wait. Uh, it seems like it's been a while since we played football, so I'm really excited. I'm going to get to go out on the road and get a win. You know, you mentioned seemed like a while since we played football. In that sense, Avery, was last year, how weird or surreal was last year? You play, but no fans. I mean, what was that like? And you're going to have 55,000 Saturday night. Um, it, was, it was one of the things that you just got used to. It was what it was. Just, you control what you control, and you go out and play the team that's across from me. Yeah, and you guys, I thought, had made tremendous strides on the defensive side last year. Do you feel like there's another jump, a big jump coming this year? And if you if you think so, Avery, why would that be? Um, we got every, everyone back uh, for the most part. We got a lot of experience. So I took another jump in our game and through the offseason. So it's something that we're really excited about. What have you worked on specifically, Avery? Just you know, from one year to the next, in the weight room, your body, your your understanding of the defense, or whatever else. What are some of the things you've been working on? Um, just take a bigger step mentally. Honestly, uh, you know, obviously going to work on off season and control the physical part of it and getting better in that way. But staying sharp mentally and knowing what your opponent's going to do before they do it. Uh, Avery Roberts, our guest on the Joe Beaver Show. Knowing what your opponent's going to do, are you a film studier? Are you looking at what Purdue does? Have you been studying, breaking them down, and getting a feel for how they approach the game, at least what you have available from seasons past? Uh, definitely. Uh, it's, as a, I feel like as an inside backer, especially as a mic backer, 
you gotta you have to do that. Um, you gotta know because you lead communicator. You gotta let everyone know. You gotta put everyone at ease. So some of the things that you have to study, you have to make sure that you know what you're doing and what others are doing also. Without giving away how you plan on attacking Purdue per se, what jumps out at you at film about the way they run their offense? Um, it's a lot of carryover from where our offense does. Um, you know, they got some good players, some good offensive weapons, so we just got to, you know, do, our, do what we can to shut them down. And part of what you do, Avery, I imagine, is multifaceted as the captain on the defense, making calls, getting people lined up properly. Are you are you involved in every phase of the game, stopping the run, ta- attacking the quarterback, coverage? Uh, how it, To me, there's so much on the plate of, of you guys. How has that developed for you over the years, the ability to, to play defense at all three phases, essentially, that you have to do? Um, this is one of the things I think in today's game you have to do as a linebacker. you got to be able to rush the pass, stop the run, and cover. It's just it's what, it, what you have to do. The game is so spaced out and there's skilled players all over the field. So it's just one of the things that you, you, over time you get. Do you enjoy the aspect of having to drop back into coverage when that's called for? Oh, of course. I mean, I would much rather a team try to run the ball. <laughs> you know, that that makes life a lot easier. But, uh, yeah, I mean, get a chance for interceptions, get past points, so that's also cool. What do you see from Purdue on film and things that you'll have to work with, work against? Um, they just they're a good team, good offense. They got a lot of weapons on offense. Um, they like to throw the ball a lot, obviously. Um, so that's just something that we gotta, you know, make sure we stop the run early, make them one dimensional. That's honestly what we have to do. You and Omar Spates are the number one and number two tacklers in uh, the Pac-12 returning tacklers. You guys tackle well. Avery, it strikes me that limitations these days in the game of football, I don't know what you grew up with per se and the types of drills and and all of that, but do you get enough work live, enough reps, or is the speed of the game Saturday night going to be something different that you got to make a quick adjustment to? Have you had enough contact and the ability to take people down during this uh, fall camp? I mean, you don't get as much as you probably like, but it's one of the things tackling is a one-two thing. If you want to tackle, you'll tackle. Uh, so it's, it's one of the things that even if you didn't do it for months, if you got there and you run to the ball, you're going to make tackles. What about the rest of the room, Avery? Not only yourself and Omar, how do you feel about the depth, both inside and outside at linebacker and what you guys have in 2021? Um, yeah, we got a lot of guys that can play, um, especially in the inside back of the room. We got Jack Leto, Kyrie Fisher, John Miller, Easton, uh, Masterinus, a lot of guys that can play, honestly. Um, so we're very confident about the depth that we have there. What did you think when Jack came over from quarterback position? Is there kind of a, a group mentality? Ah, oh, we, we don't want quarterbacks over here because that kid's <laughs> tough, right? <laughs> nah, uh, we accepted him open arms. He was he was open to learning and and doing everything he had to do to become a great linebacker. And you know he's gotten a lot better. Took a lot jump from where he was at the beginning. So it's something it's cool to see. Omar made the comment at a fifty yard line dinner, Avery, that he said when he first heard. 
that Coletto was going to come over and try to be an inside linebacker. I'm not sure if there was skepticism, but it was almost like, well, good luck with that. <laughs> so I don't know. I don't know how impressed yeah. you've been, Avery. It's with be a lot more sore practice. Yeah. Say, yeah. <laughs> but as he picked it up too, there's a pretty steep learning oh, curve. Yeah. yeah, he's super smart though. So he's one of the guys. You know, he has the quarterback's mind. So he's he's picked it up quick. He's you know what I'm saying learning and. He's a guy. He's super sharp. He's super smart, and, can, and he's one of the guys that can do stuff like that. A few more minutes with inside linebacker Captain Avery Roberts. What does it mean to you to 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 be chosen as one of the team captains? Uh, it means a lot. Um, having your teammates and coaches pick you uh, for some. You know, I'm I'm not a guy. I don't. You know, like ask to be. You know, I didn't. I didn't. You know, ask guys to vote for me. So it's one of the things that. Avery, did you ever play at Purdue, or did you play Purdue and you're at Nebraska? Have you you played them, but have you played in uh, at Purdue Stadium? Yeah, we actually did. My freshman year, we played at Purdue, and I think we won in overtime. What was the atmosphere like? What do you remember about it? Uh, it was cold. It was a November game. It was mm-hmm. really cold. <laughs> But, uh, so but, I remember. But not necessarily a loud crowd. I mean, I know there's going to be 55,000, but you just went and played and got your business. I mean, you play, you're playing, but you didn't strike you as being a, a ridiculously loud atmosphere, or was it pretty raucous? Uh, I, don't, I don't know. I was playing 90,000 in a home game, so I don't <laughs> It's hard to, like, gauge right. how, how loud it was. <laughs> Yeah, no, I got you. That's quite a difference. Hey, Avery, uh, uh, the 90,000 coming from that to to a smaller, uh, somewhat quieter atmosphere out here since you've arrived, Are you I mean, the life decision you make to enter the portal and come out here, what's that been like for you? Are you glad you made that decision? Oh, definitely. Uh, it's been one of the best decisions I've ever made. I'm super happy with it. Um, so it's, Oregon State's been good to me, so. I just try to return a favor. Well, we look forward to seeing the, a lot of those returns come Saturday night. We appreciate you making time for us, Avery. Thanks for uh, joining the Joe Beaver Show and look forward to watching you this Saturday night at Purdue. Good luck to you and the rest of the Thanks guys. For Thanks for being on. Avery Roberts, inside linebacker, our guest. Kind of a disjointed conversation with Craig Davison as a result, not knowing a practice can end any time. It's not as though Jonathan, hey, are the guys in the Joe Beaver show ready for us? Uh, we'll <laughs> practice a little longer now. <laughs> we just go with what yeah, we can. We but the good news is that Jimmy Kirkpatrick called back. He got the dates mixed up. I thought that might be the case. And now we can uh, we can further explore some stuff with Craig either Davison. That, either that. Either that or I'm thinking Jimmy in his story may be a standalone for tomorrow tomorrow or with you or I mean, just because his saga, his story is fascinating. Uh, I mean, uh, there's an article about him. You look him up as a former Purdue player. He was Leroy Keyes' running back mate in those great Purdue yeah, years and yeah. kickoff returner. And just his own journey to come west, he ends up in Berkeley for a while, comes north to work in a logging camp in Tillamook. I, I mean, it's a saga that may need a little more probing I like that in depth. Idea. And he's a coach at Lincoln and coaching in football in Portland and still living in Portland. 
after playing for the Purdue team in 67 and maybe on the Rose Bowl team the year before. I don't know. We're gonna, that, these are things that we're just now sort of learning and scratching the surface on. But I think he should be almost a standalone now. I think and you're we'll right. wrap up the conversation with Craig next. That's a as good we, idea. We try to make adjustments on the fly as we go on 1240 Joe Radio. If you're expecting family or guests this fall or during the holidays, maybe you don't have a place for them to sleep. A futon from Futon Man in Corvallis is the perfect solution. Futon Man has quality constructed solid hardwood frames in lots of styles and finishes, and their futons have a highly resilient, long-lasting foam core, and they're made right in the store in Corvallis. There's lots of cover choices too, and students, a futon works great when you need some extra space in your dorm. Stop by Futon Man, two miles north of Corvallis on Highway 99 and online at futon-man.com. This is Katie Albin, letting you know that Albin's Plumbing is going underground. Oh, you'll still find us located on 9th Street in Corvallis, but we are also underground, as in underneath sidewalks, driveways, and patios. Using directional boring, Albin's can run your plumbing underground, avoiding the need for costly and messy concrete repair. Just give us a call. At Albin's Plumbing, plumbing's all we do. Call 754-8282, Albans Plumbing. Unified Insurance Group is your local independent insurance agency in Corvallis. They represent numerous insurance companies and specialize in auto, home, and business insurance. See Mike Eves, Taylor Starr, and Tom Worth. They'll help find an insurance plan that works best for you. If you're looking for auto, home, or business insurance, see the Unified Insurance Group. 320 Southwest 3rd Street in downtown Corvallis. They're your hometown team, always putting you first. So the wife rolls into the living room. Honey, you need to get off of the couch and get busy on that list of projects I have for you. And I says to her, but I don't have all the equipment. Oh, she rattles off. That's no excuse. You can rent all the tools and equipment you need from Philomath Rental. And since they're open seven days a week, you can go out there today. All right already. Darn you, Philomath Rental. Philomath Rental, behind Landmark Realty, one and a half miles west of the Sunset Shopping Center. Tools and equipment for farm, home, and business. Here at locally owned and operated Alirica Networks, we use the same service you do, so you can be rest assured that you're getting the very best internet service, whether for home, business, or enterprise. At Alirica, we make sure that each of our valued customers gets the plan that best fits their needs. So whether you require basic service or faster speeds for gaming or HD video streaming, we will make sure to match you with the plan that works best for your home or business. Alirica Networks always goes the extra mile. Give us a call or find out more at Alirica.net. This is Beaver Football. I'm Randy Holmes, owner of the Angry Beaver Grill, where we're bringing the tailgate atmosphere for OSU football game day. Going to the game, Angry Beaver will be offering a shuttle service to and from the stadium. Every Tuesday, check out our What Do You Know trivia. Try our extended menu with new items such as chili cheese fries and loaded tachos. And don't miss our daily specials offered Tuesday through Friday. Angry Beaver Grill will be open for breakfast Saturday and Sunday. And at 3 p.m. Tuesday through Friday, thank you for supporting the Angry Beaver Grill on 4th Street in downtown Corvallis. And remember, go Beavs. The Joe Beaver Show continues. John is doing uh, incredible work here behind the scenes to try to pull all of this off. It's been very active. Yeah, it's been an active day. We're going to bring both uh, 
Craig Davison, former linebacker at Purdue, at the same time, former colleague on the Lincoln High coaching football staff and Purdue Boilermaker running back alongside the late, great Leroy Keyes. An honor to welcome Jimmy Kirkpatrick to the show at the same time. So, Craig, welcome back, and we have Jimmy on the line. So you guys, I don't know how long or how often you talk, but, Craig, say hello to Jimmy Kirkpatrick, and thank you for making the connection for us. Hey, Jimmy, what's up, brother? All right, Craig. Good to hear from you, man. <laughs> boiler, boiler, boiler up. That's right. That's right. Let's get some beaver to this weekend. Hey, now, now listen. Well, you know. Yeah, go ahead, yeah, Jimmy. Go ahead. No, Jimmy, go ahead. You know what? Well, you, you know, I, I have um, mixed allegiance. I've been out here uh, for so long in, in Oregon, and uh, actually I went to grad school down at Oregon State, and uh, Coach D was still there at the time, so I had opportunity to say hello and 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 remind him of this great victory for Oregon State. But, uh, guys, this is a game that I've tried to forget over the years. <laughs> it was one of the most crushing defeats that, you know, that we had certainly at Purdue and um, I had personally. But it's all good. Time healed. Do we have time for Jimmy to tell him how the game ended in 67, you guys? Yes, we do. It's an unbelievable story. Yeah, in fact, that's what I wanted to talk to to Jimmy about. Anyway, this is the first time we've ever talked to anybody from the Boilermakers about that 22-14 Beaver win back there on October 21st of 67. So, Jimmy, tell us what you remember about the game and what's Craig talking about about the end. Well, let me start by saying the previous year we were coming off of a um, 1966-67 Rose Bowl championship over USC, my freshman year, and uh, we were undefeated uh, coming into this game. We had knocked off number one Notre Dame, uh, and the previous week before we played at Oregon State, uh, we had thumped Ohio State, um, and so we were we were feeling ourselves and. Uh, and when we heard we were playing Oregon State, they were coming home. We, um, you know, we just, uh, just put it lightly. We didn't prepare as much as we probably should have and didn't think as much. And, um, frankly, we had no respect for the team, and uh, they were a hard-hitters team. We, were, we figured that out right away. But I, I ran back kickoffs, and the, it was a tough game, a low-scoring game. It's the final score, I think, was um, 22-14. But... We got the ball back with a couple minutes to play. They kicked the field goal. I think they kicked four field goals that game, four or five field goals that game. But we got a chance to get the ball back and, and to drive down and score what would have been the winning touchdown. I was running back a kickoff. And um, Oregon State kicker kicked a high short kick. And our fullback, who was up in front of us, didn't call fair catch, just let the ball bounce. The ball bounced. I'm still flashing now. Bounced straight up in the air, and he was just wiped out. Oregon State recovered, went down and kicked him down the field goal, and basically time ran out. That's how they won, won the game. Ironically, I ran into was having some conversation with this guy, and he was um, actually through an interview process, and we was talking to him about, you know, his credentials, and he said we went to Oregon State. I said, well, yeah, what year? He said, I was there. I graduated in 1970. We played football. He was a defensive back. And 
I told him I went to Purdue. We kind of started to look at each other, and, and um, he started to describe this play that has haunted me for years. <laughs> and the guy said, you remember this play where you got, we kicked off this high uh, flop, and um, the guy got wiped out, and we recovered, and we all said, yes, thank you for reminding me. <laughs> he said, I was, the guy, I was the guy that made that hit. And, uh, you, you know, um, Mike, you may remember he's a Harrington, not related to Joey, but he's a Harrington that went to high school in David Douglas. Yeah. Yeah. was on that Oregon State team with the defensive back. Anyway, um, I didn't hire him for a job. <laughs> that, wasn't, that wasn't the total reason why. But, uh, you know, that was uh, that was the year we were, um, I think, ranked number two coming into that game. And uh, I can just remember, you know, um, watching that defense on film and Gunner and some of the other guys that were just tough players. And, you know, we were really surprised how – physical they were and um they ended up beating us in that we um we ended up being um we went to rose bowl that year before and you couldn't go back in those days two years in a row so we ended up um tying for the big 10 tie with a and two record and uh indiana ended up going to the mm-hmm. to the rose bowl that year now jimmy i don't, I don't want to mm-hmm. add i don't want to add more pain to that story you just told but from what we understand and we have it on authority here the beavers weren't told the the the, the player Haggerty was not told to kick an onside floppy kick he did it on accident <laughs> that is well i you know, just saw watching i wasn't even I wasn't even born yet, and this story breaks my heart. <laughs> listening to it, <laughs> I know you can feel it too, Craig. Yeah, I, it was obviously he because uh, they kicked off several times. Cause they were frustrating because I think they kicked at least four field goals against us. So I got a chance to run back quite a few kickoffs, and uh, so I could watch him. And uh, yeah, it was definitely uh, not a planned onside kick. It was just one of those. Somehow he kicked up, this was even before flop kicks were, I think, invented. He just kicked this flop, and our fullback uh, just sit there. You know, he didn't call fair catch, or he didn't, he didn't catch the ball at all. He just let it bounce. And um, mm. uh, it may be a little blurry because I've tried to forget some of those details, but that's about <laughs> as close as I can get. But, yeah, it wasn't what I don't think it was the plan. No, they would have kicked off. Re- revenge, revenge is best served cold. So we'll <laughs> have to you know, get some payback this weekend here at Ross Aid. Are you going to the game, Craig? I am. Okay. I absolutely am. And are you? Have you been since you've been back? A, a, a you follow the program closely. You kind of know I what do. the team's all about. So what? I, what kind of game I are do. you expecting? My, I mentioned my buddy Doug Vanderweil in, in the last segment. Uh, he has a tailgate right there on the golf course, uh, throwing distance to the stadium. And he's been doing it for like 16 years. So we're going to have a bunch of people there, and we're going to get, you know, our liquid courage in us and then <laughs> hit the stadium and watch our Boilermakers do what they do. What do you expect them to do? I mean, what kind of team do you think Coach Brom has this year? Just to, to break a little bit of technical football here, Craig, what about this team okay. this year? What do you, right. what do you well, think? I know the- I know that we have some some talent, some starters coming back. I know that uh, that um, Vander Arvath, number forty, he's our yes. running back, and he is very all Scottish, like Mike mm-hmm. Allstott. He can pound mm-hmm. the ball pretty good. 
So I'm, I'm hoping that they're going to get a strong taste of some, some hard-nosed football there. But I think they, they announced uh, Jack Plummer as a starter. Right. And he's got a couple um, really good receivers with David Bell and Joshua Perry that he's going to be able to hopefully, you know, mix it up a little bit between the run and the pass to keep Oregon State guessing. But, you know, Jeff Brown does a great job with the offense. I've, we've been waiting for a breakout year, and we're all hoping that this is going to be our year. So, and, you, and, and on defense, we got one of the best defensive linemen in the country, George Colossus. Uh, and, you know, number five, he's going to, you know, he's going to be in the backfield all day long, uh, <laughs> giving you guys some trouble. Okay, we'll see about that. Now, we've got a, uh-huh. I'm looking forward to the game. Jimmy Lee, uh, Jimmy Lee Kirkpatrick joining us. Jimmy, there is so much more to your story, and our time is failing us. We've got just a few minutes remaining. It's our hope, now that Craig has been kind enough to put us in touch with you, that maybe tomorrow or Friday, if you have a little more time, your journey out here to, to end up at Oregon State sounds very interesting to me. I've read an article that appeared a few years back about you growing up in Charlotte, ending up in Purdue, coming out here to Oregon, working in Tillamook. I mean, both of you guys came together in Portland and your former Boilermakers. It's a fascinating story. So, Jimmy, I hope we can maybe revisit this down the road. But the final thing for you, Jimmy, in our remaining minutes here, to play alongside of the great Leroy Keys and the team is honoring Leroy's memory. He passed away last year. What kind of friend and teammate was he? How good of a football player was Leroy Keys? Oh boy, Leroy, uh, we were you know we were frat brothers, very good friends. He was just out here visiting a couple years ago, playing golf with me uh, and friends. Uh, Leroy was. An incredible athlete. You know, he was All-American, a two-way All-American. Uh, played, uh, could play every position. And Leroy, Leroy and I played two positions together. We played the same position. So uh, we both played tailback and flanker back. So when the when the running game was going good, Leroy would move into tailback, and I, I'd move out the flanker. And when the passing game was good, he'd move out the flanker, and I'd move out the tailback. So we, you know, we were really close. Um, you know, we studied our plays together, grew up together. Leroy could play any sport: golf. He's a great golfer. Pool, bowling. He 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 just played just this natural athlete. And and to me, uh, he was the best athlete I had ever seen. You know, he was runner up to O.J. Simpson mm-hmm. that that uh, senior year. So. Just a great and even even a better person, and um, I was fortunate enough to speak at his memorial. And um, just a great friend, a fraternity brother, and certainly um, he, when you think of, of uh, Purdue football, that's the first person you'll think of when it comes to Purdue football. We were teams. Well, it, it's been an honor to get to know two other Boilermakers. Quite frankly, you know, we've heard of. You know Bob Greasy, obviously, and and Drew Brees, and other and Leroy. But to get to know you guys over the last 24 hours, just a bit, Craig. It's been a real pleasure to get to know you. I'm hoping we can connect again when you come back out here and visit the Vorvix, my friend Philip. And you know, I'm hoping maybe to see you at a tailgate before the game. I'll seek you out before the game on Saturday, if possible, back there. I'm coming back to call the game. And Jimmy, I need to. I want to hear your story 
about moving up the coast. Uh, you lived in Portland and worked. You lived in Tillamook and worked on shrimp boats and lumber mills and as a logger. I mean, there's so much <laughs> more to unpack here, and uh, we'd love to talk to you if that's okay with you maybe later in the week. Absolutely, Mike. I know a big fan of yours. I go back with the talk radio up here in Portland. Wow. Corey, some friend of the of them and uh, their our sons play sports together. Oh, wow. And, um, okay. So it'd be, it'd be a pleasure to talk with you. Thanks a lot, Jimmy Lee. Well, uh, G- Mike, yeah. you know, I guess I'll be seeing you Saturday. Yeah, and I, yeah. I can't thank you enough for having me on. And, uh, you know, I just real quick before Jimmy leaves, I just have to tell you how gracious of a gentleman this guy is. Because when I told him that we were going to have him on, he was like, I don't want to take your shine, Craig. And I was like, listen, man, I was like, my shine is the excellence of the friends that I choose to be with. And I said, let's do this together. So I can't thank you enough for having us on. It's been great to have you. Craig, uh, we'll be in touch. Text me where your location is. I'll come try to find you before the game. Jimmy Lee Kirkpatrick. And Craig Davison, two former Boilermakers, joining us on the Joe Beaver Show. Wow. Thank you, Phil Vorvik, for helping to make that happen, my good friend, Philip. We've got a busy show tomorrow, including Steve Priest and more here on 1240 Joe Radio. Here's the microphone. Is this thing on? This is KEJO Corvallis. Everybody hear me? We're on at 5. And QID. 1240 Joe.